Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. And you can walk in the Holy Spirit and in the presence of God. To do that, there's going to have to be a transformation happen in your life. To do that, you're going to have to allow God, not sit through a service, but begin to have the Holy Spirit service you like you took your car in and got an oil change. And a lot of people are coming to a service, but they're not getting served. They're in attendance, but there is no transformational, relational thing happening in their life And so they go to church for three or four years and they're like, well, I tried it. No, 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 no. You attended it. There's a difference. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. God's word does not return void. In other words, when you begin to change your posture, God begins to do something in your life and actually you can be serving at a church, you could be on the worship team, you could be leading kids, you could be leading a Bible study, you could be involved in the working of church and still there be no transformation happen in your heart. Come on, hear me. As a lead pastor... I understand the the challenge and tension in my own life to love God well and to lead well. There are complexities between my head and my heart, management and motive, tenderness and toughness. There are those, and, and there should be that for you as well. But I fully understand that my execution alone is not gonna impress God or make him proud of me. My number one pursuit is to make room for him in my life. This house has to be built on, listen, the presence of the Lord in your own life. That means we are into education, but we're also into experience. We're into discipleship, but we're also into dedication. There is this tension in us that I don't come and stay in a mama bird, baby bird posture my whole Christian life and expect really great things to happen in my soul. So here's the deal. I want to give you the ownership and you the keys to your own spiritual life. And you, your pursuit of God begins to change your own life. My assignment today is make room for his presence. Everybody say make room. It's so easy to be event-driven because we want the most out of life. And so what happens is we overpack our schedule. We live at breakneck speeds, uh, which causes us to be agitated because we can't get it all, come on, say it, done. Life is not about getting all you can. It's about making your life all it can be. And to do that, you need the Lord. Come on, hear me, don't sleep. You need the Lord. Church, they're, they're, your time with God is not a one and done. It's not something that you can move on from. A presence-based relationship with God is the thing that makes it different. Nobody can make you focus. Nobody can make you say yes to this and no to this. No, no, you're, you're the adult in the room 
And, and you're as close to the Lord as you want to be. Come on. And so we're going to talk about this. So let me ask you a couple questions. I'm coming, I'm coming real today. I had a man uh, stop me after first service and he was like, will you stop preaching just to me? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that was the Lord. Uh, uh, he was joking, sort of. Okay. All right, here's the first question. Are you aware that you need God? Don't pause. I know we have a lot of theological people in the room and you're like, absolutely, we need God. We need God to breathe. We need God. Before you make a question, before you make an answer, before you make a statement, before you begin to move, before you begin, do you begin, do you need God's active presence in your life or are you like, God, catch a seat, I'll get back to you in a minute? Come on, does that make sense? Based on your answer to that question will, will determine your pursuit of him. Are you passively pursuing him or intentionally pursuing him? And I don't know one relationship that thrives when it's passive. Marriage does, don't get better when it's passive. Parenting doesn't get better when it's passive. Finances don't get better when it's passive. You tell me one thing that gets better when you occasionally think about it. Come on, y'all gonna have to amen better. Maybe it's because y'all thinking a lot. That's okay. Come on, when I'm passively thinking about my diet, <laughs> it don't show. <laughs> Here's another question that I just want you to think about this question. Think, because I know we got a lot of thinkers here. Let's just think about this. What is it that your soul really longs for? What is it that your soul really longs for? Is it success? Sex, money. I was really glad you didn't aim in the second one. You're like, yeah! This is, you know, come on, like money, relationships, validation, attention, or, or just to feel good. But your soul has a longing. And you might be too busy right now to identify that, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. And usually when that conversation with our soul, emotions, and mind begin to take place is when an adversity has happened that makes us stop our life and then we begin to ponder and consider all the things that we were stuffing down. Come on. Today we're going to look at a passage where, where a woman decides to make room both physically and spiritually for the presence of God in her life and here's what I'm telling you when you make room for the presence of God in your life it will begin to change you and it will begin to transform you 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8 one day Elijah went to Shunem where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food amen praise God that's my type of woman come on somebody and we fool gospel up in here and not starving. All right. So we, come on, y'all sleepy today. Y'all the, the service that got to sleep in. Come on. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat some food. She said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let's make a small room 
on the roof with walls. How else would you have a room? Anyway, and put it there in the, uh, and give him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes, he can go there and stay. One day he came there. He turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him and said to him, say now to her, see you have taken all of this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? In other words, hey, you taking care of us, we fix and take care of you, what you want. Would you have us give a word to the king or the commander of the army? And she said, no, I dwell among my people. In other words, I'm good. And she said that, and he said, well, what will be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. I just want to say this. If you're going to describe me and some of my incredible qualities, I would appreciate it if you don't start with old, okay? I'm just like, here is the man. He's got a lot of qualities. And Gehazi is like, her, her, her husband is old. Okay, awesome. It's cool. You're in the Bible. You won. You're the old guy. All right? He said, call her. And when, she had, when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, as at this season, about this time next year, you will embrace a son. And he said to her, and he, she said to him, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son. And about that time, the following spring, which Elijah had said to her, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's pray. Come on. Come on. I believe God's going to share some things that, that if you're able to listen, I believe it'll change your life. And in one year, you'll look back on this service and you'll go, okay, this is where I got serious and everything in my life changed. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit be present in this place. God, we didn't come for a service. We came for uh, you to begin to do surgery on our heart, begin to heal the things that are broken and set our feet on solid ground. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said. Three reasons to make room for his presence. Three reasons to make room for his presence. Here's the first one. You've got to accept the idea that something better is available. If you don't believe it's better with him, then you'll never be with him. If you don't believe that prayer time, connecting with God, if you don't believe that it's better, you'll never make that step. This woman was wealthy, but there was something she was missing. The story indicates that money alone, come on, cannot buy the answers to the deep concerns that you're wrestling with. Upon meeting with the prophet, of God, she couldn't fully articulate the weight of what she was carrying. But as we went through the story, we realized there is something very important to her, a burden, uh, her, being, uh, un, her being barren. And there, I believe, something God is wanting to do in your life and you may not fully be able to articulate it and you've come and you're here for two or three months or, or two or three services and you don't even know what God's going to do. Some of you, you don't even know what you don't know. And that's okay to be in that place. 
It's like the married couple that's been married for three months and they want to write a blog. We're like, wait 25 years and then write the blog because your perspective is going to change. Does that make sense? It's like you don't even know what you don't know, and there's a lifetime of learning. I appreciate that um, you, you are pregnant, and that's wonderful. But I don't know if you need a mom podcast that you lead right now, okay? The reality is you have a lot of thoughts, but there are things that you just don't know. And I, and I think that this woman began to realize, I just need time with the Lord, and out of that began to have a conversation. And, and, and here's the deal. If you come to church with what you need instead of who you want, then you will be frustrated when you don't get it on your timetable. Here is what I need you to contextually understand. God is enough. God is enough. That does not mean we don't bring him needs. But God, come on, listen, is enough. And if you will come to get with him, he'll begin to do something in your life. And, and, and she knew that something was better. Her, her desire to make room for what was holy was bigger than her burden she was holding. So let's break that down. We are in a culture that because feelings are now the way everyone makes decisions. How I feel is the most important thing. How I feel deserves the biggest validation. How I feel, and so here is the thing, is if you wait for the burden to leave before you step toward God, you will always be waiting. She did not have conditions. All right, answer my prayer and I'll be your most loyal servant. That's not how it works. Jesus says, get into the boat before he tells you everything you're going to do in the boat. Jesus said, you hear what I'm saying? It's like, are you in on this journey or are you in on what you want? If you're in on this journey, you have to make the decision. Is it better for me to listen to Jesus or Jordan Peterson? Is it better for me to listen to Jesus, come on, or CNN? Is it better for me to listen to Jesus or that podcast, uh, Joe Reagan, Joe, uh, Rogan? Like, is it better? I'm not against all of that. I'm just saying that you have a decision. Who brings the most value? you to your life and if you don't believe it's better the heaviness of her infertility and barrenness was an issue but it didn't stop her pursuit from God and I'm telling you in our me first emotional culture we have a lot of things that are stopping I don't know if I feel like going to church the way you've talked to me I just had a hard week. I just don't know if I can take being around PayPal. I don't, and here's the deal. If we're not careful, the burden will cause you to miss the opportunities in your life. But you've got to decide, no matter what it costs, this is enough, and I am going to pray. I don't care what comes out on Netflix. I don't care what sees. I don't care what is trending. I don't care what social media is dragging me to do. If I don't get this time, my week is not going to be where it needs to be. My soul's not going to be where it needs to be. And I don't need him to answer all of my requests before I believe it's better to be with him.
Come on. Thank you for that golf clap. What heaviness and barrenness is affecting you? Sure, there are dreams and desires in this church. And those burdens, if they're not careful, will weigh you down and they will discourage you. But you have to be encouraged today that there is something more in your life than just surviving. In other words, you get to choose. Are you going to build it or are you going to be blind to it? Come on and hear me. Are you going to, to build a place for God to move in your life? Or are you going to be blind to what you have, thinking that if he doesn't give you what you want, you can't? The reality is her womb was closed, but she had enough money to get the presence of God close. I need you to understand that even though you feel like you may have nothing, there is something that you still have that will begin to change, come on, your season. There is something that you have. And I like the fact that she wasn't blind to valuing what she had even though there was still something missing. She wasn't blind to giving even though there was something she still lacked. She didn't wait. Her focus became bringing God closer rather than focusing on all of her regret. It's better. It's better. When did the church adopt this thought? That, that, that genuine prayer, Bible study, quiet time, listening to the Holy Spirit, getting on your knees, having a moment. When did that become a chore or extreme or overlooked? Ooh, you're a fanatic. Because I because I believe that time with God is better than. And so here's the deal. If you begin to allow culture's narrative to, to begin to direct your relationship with God, then here's the deal. Maybe you're the one that's deceived. The Bible says you have not because you If you're not in, then y'all not talking. And if y'all not talking, he's not revealing. And if he's not revealing, you ain't healing. And no, don't miss out, let me give you rabbit. I'm just, the reality, like there, there's this whole thing. And so you actually can't come to church, sit through a sermon and go, check, I'm good. This is not morality training. This is training every part of your life. And you have to realize that God never wanted us to move without his presence. Disciples, wait up in the upper room. Don't go minister. Don't go do what I taught you until I'm with you. And I need to be with you because you will be scared. You will be in fear. You will believe Pharaoh. You, I mean, not Pharaoh. You'll believe the, the Roman government. You'll believe all of this stuff and it will stop the work that I want to do in you. Come on. The truth is you're gonna face a little hurdles. If you go all in, you're gonna face some things. It wasn't easier inviting 
this relationship into her life. She had to cook a little longer, clean a little bit more, but she believed it was worth it. I just got to go to bed at 10. Do you? <laughs> or can, can you open up the Bible, get your tea, get a journal, and have a conversation with God rather than posting on a social media. And God's like, you, you settle in for 12 likes when I can change your life. You, you, you would rather, you're, you're my believer, but you would rather, you're my believer, but you actually believe the validation of people that you don't know is more important than me. You're so desperate for approval that the actions that you made are actually something worthwhile that you spend more time wanting their Come on. Can you imagine how this conversation went down? Here's this woman, Shunamite woman. We'll call her Shuey, okay? Shuey girl, Shuey. All right? Can you imagine how that conversation went? Hey, babe, I got something I want to talk to you about. <laughs> what? Hey, you know Elijah? <laughs> yeah. That dude who freeloads and keeps eating at our house? Yeah, I want to have a conversation about him. Oh, great, he's moving on. Actually, he's not moving on. <laughs> Subsequently, I want him moving in. You what? Yeah, I want, I, want him, I want him to move into our house. We, what are you talking about? We don't, we don't even have room. <laughs> there's no room. All the room, there's no room. Yeah, I know. It's funny that you said that. Great observation. I was thinking we could build <laughs> a room, an addition to the house. And then, you know, this is like, I don't know a lot about building, but we could put walls up. And not only can we put walls up, but I was thinking like a, a lamp, a bed, a chair, and just a, a few decorative things that he might need. The husband's like, you, you want to move a man into my house? You want to move a man into my house? She's like, yes. You're cra you are crazy. That's what, I knew you were going to get weird. I knew you were going to get weird. You, 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 you're crazy. You're just, you're, you're too much. Listen here, you old fart. You are not aware of what God is doing. This man is a prophet and we have both heard about what he's done and we have an opportunity to bring that presence into our house. So you will build that room and you will make it look good, <laughs> okay? Here's the thing. Some of us want the validation before we do the work. Some of us wanna see the benefit before we take time. And I need you to know that if you're going to spend time with the Lord, there will be hurdles that you will have to overcome. There will be moments. There will be things. You, come on. But I am telling you that if you make it a priority in your life, it will change your life. Here's the second one. It provides ministry for the concerns that you carry. You have concerns, even if nobody knows them. And, and I, I love our church. I'm glad that we, we don't have a... a 
weak people. I, I, I'm glad that you can go through some things and not fall apart and come on, need a safe room and have to breathe in a bag every five seconds. Like, I, 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 I love that. And if, and if you are there, I'm not, I'm not coming for you. I, I, obviously, every story and every past and every moment, everybody has, like, I may not know the trauma that you've dealt with. But the truth of the matter is that we have a culture that is very weak, very fragile. And, and, and I just need you to know that the concerns that you carry are real to God. And the Bible says that he is our strength and we actually tap into his strength when we get into his presence and you can be stronger than you think you are. Listen, after a season of Elijah resting in her home, ministry started happening. Some of you, just learning church and coming in and, and really t- coming from spectator to, uh, to investigator to then contributor to like taking out your notes and taking notes rather than maybe criticizing. Like, there's a process and I get it. I'm not even mad about it, okay? That doesn't even bother me. But at some point in time, you've got to be like, God, what do you want to do in my life that I'm not even aware of? And I'm gonna give you the opportunity and space to do that. Listen, when we're worshiping in our church, let me just talk a little bit. You know, there are people with, that have back issues and whatever, and we'll pray for you, but I, I, you might not be able to stand the whole time, and that's fine. But there is a culture that when you walk into the king, and because we are, we are 30 or 40 or 50 years of dishonor, well, if Biden walked in, if Trump walked in, if Obama walked in, if, and, 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 and because of our disdain for policy, we have totally devalued. You understand that our country, when George Washington, they wanted him to be the king. And he turned in his resignation and it was the first transfer of power that was a major deal. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so we've lost the, the history and the authority of that. When Jesus walks in the room, if your heart is so heavy or hard that you don't care, you need to be aware of that. When we're worshiping, we're not just stoically sipping our coffee and networking. Hey, 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 Bill, I'm glad you're here. You're looking good. Okay, yeah. Like this isn't, this isn't the bar songs that were. The reality is Psalm 63, 4 says, so I will bless you as long as I live. This is David. David was a warrior. Like, like there, there's, a, there's a time where like David, under the influence of God, worshiped so much that his clothes came off. Like we're not that church. Keep, keep it covered. We're not that. But he began to show us that you can be masculine, but also expressive. You, you can be tender and you can still, come on, listen, be tough. You, you, you can give God something emotional without 
being totally emotionally led. As long as I live your name, I will lift up my hands. Moses, I will lift up my hands. Paul said, I wish that all of you would lift. Look, look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I desire then in every place that men should say it. That men should pray that you begin to get a relationship with God that you decided, I am going to confess, I am going to believe. And because I do these two things, I've shifted my heart. Come on, somebody. And now I, I, I'm not measuring my prayer by what it sounds like with some other man in the room. I am measuring my heart and it's my willingness to open my mouth and begin God to give God the highest praise. Come on, somebody. Every man here, I'm not comparing you with another man here. I want you to be the toughest, the strongest, the best, the ninja. I, I, I'm fine. Be Jackie Chan for Jesus. You're tough. You're awesome. But I'm going to tell you this. If you can bench press 460 and you can run under a 4.0, but you can't spiritually lead your home... You're not bad. There's something going on and you're intimidated. You're scared. You're shameful. You don't feel like you can pray because of what you did last week. You got mad, you yelled, you screamed, you kicked the, you kicked the cat. You kicked the cat. I'm not mad at you for that. And the cat might be. I don't even know why you have a cat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, that was flesh. That's not in the Bible. You're gonna, you're gonna have cats. You're gonna, you're gonna have cats. But, but everybody loves dogs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, here's the thing. That every man should pray and lift up holy hands without anger or quarreling. Here is what Paul was saying. There's something more in your fist and hands than protection. There's actually praise. Protection, praise. Protection, praise. Don't come into my house uninvited. Protection. But when I come into God's house, come on, you hear what I'm saying? When the word goes forth, don't act like we got to... Work you up to want to want it. Come on. The pastor should not be babysitting babies. We should be developing them. I am not going to preach sermon. Come on, here it is. Open up. Come on, come on. Jesus wants inside your life. What are you talking about? Make a choice. Be hot or cold. Come to church. Don't come to church. Make a decision. Don't coach your kids to be decisive and you're not. Don't, just be what you say you want. Don't talk about your boss. He's this and he's that. I'm talking about, come on. Like just, just 
I'm not going to tell you what my grandfather used to say about the toilet. Use it or get off. I'm not coming for you. I'm describing this numbness that has hit the church and we're all okay with very little. And God is like, I didn't call you and, and, and have my spirit draw you for very little. I see something incredible in your life. I see you broken from addiction. I see strongholds broken off your life. I see your family, you leading them. I see generations of victory in your family. And I need you to make this shift. The preaching of the word matters. Jesus was a preacher. He got his disciples and he told them to preach. When we begin to preach the word, something prophetic begins to happen in your life. And here is the great thing that's happening right now as I'm talking. You either like it or you don't, but at least you made a decision. I'm not collecting guests. I want you to be here, but... The mantle on my, my, my life, my wife's life is to hold the ladder and see people climb up and, and, and you're a leader and you're stepping into something and you, you, you came broken, but you're, you're leaving healed and, and God's got something great for your life. Come on, does that make sense? Hey, come on. Thanks. Here's the third thing. Third thing. It establishes God's refining work in your life. Ma'am, sir, teenager, you need more. You need more. You're not a problem to be fixed, but you are potential to be developed. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? God wants to move in your life. The Shunammite woman moved closer by sacrificing, investing, serving, building, and becoming vulnerable. When she stepped into the doorway, it happened. It happened. There had been a lot of conversations. There had been a lot of moments. There had been a lot of, of here comes the presence of God. But finally, there was a doorway moment. And that is what I'm hoping for every one of you, that you find yourself in doorway moments where you are about to walk through a new threshold. Because the spirit of God begins to move in you, finally you can control your anger. You can break porn. You can overcome addiction. Alcoholism doesn't have to run in your family. You are gonna find yourself in doorway moments and ultimately that's what happens when you bring the presence of God into your life. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? We saw this miracle. She steps into the doorway and all of a sudden there's a moment that reveals what's been hiding in her the whole time. And I believe that you being in here, there will be moments when the Holy Spirit will, will, will use a communicator here. And I mean, we know where we're at. I mean, in the Old Testament, God used a donkey. <laughs> so like, we're good. 
But the Holy Spirit will press on areas of your soul and something will bother you and then you need to go ask the question, why? Why did that bother me? When he talked about freedom, why did that bother me? When he talked about tithe, why did that bother me? When he talked about giving, when he talked about uh, loving people, when he talked about forgiveness, when he talked about calling my dad, when he talked about calling my mom, when he talked about laying down my stones and not going after my wife or husband, when he talked about these things, why did that bother me? Come on, you hear what I'm saying? This woman, the prophet says, this time next year, you go have a baby. And she, it all comes up. Don't lie to me. I didn't ask for this. You're, 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 you're touching some things that are deep. I can be with you and not want. But I'm like, you, you going there is an issue. And he says, by this time next year, We saw this very thing happen with the Cheatwoods. You may not know them. Devin is a pastor on staff. Devin and Cindy helped us launch the church. But after they had their firstborn uh, son, Malachi, they went through two miscarriages. Very painful, very hard. And so they did what they had. And what they had was a home. And I'm talking about they went to conferences, healed. Instead of running away from God, they ran to God. Instead of acting like, I, I work in the ministry, I work for the church, all good things should happen to me. I don't, instead of doing all that, they went and got healing and got moments with the Lord and began to go, okay, God, I don't understand, but, but you're still good. They opened up their home. They began to foster home. They met a woman. On Friday, they signed papers for adoption. Come on, you can clap for that. Sydney's 15 weeks pregnant. And this is their story to tell and I would encourage you because I think it will build some of your faith. But if you are constantly waiting for God to fix it before you trust him, then you actually don't trust him. Psalms 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and he delivers them out of, what does it say? Come on, look. Come on, say it, everybody. All. Some, partially, a little bit, to the lucky ones, to the people who are socially cool, to the people who make over $100,000 a year? No, it says to all, all of their troubles. And I believe time with God will begin to move your troubles into the distance because you will be focusing on what God has in store for you. Your posture toward the Lord determines your level of victory. So let me give you one more verse and then we're gonna end. Matthew chapter three, Ben, y'all can go ahead and come up. While I, as a pastor, every Sunday will provide a moment for people to make a decision for the Lord. And I believe that God, the Bible says the spirit of God draws all men unto him. So if you ask the Lord 
to be the Lord of your life. That's not something I did. That's actually God's been moving on your life and he's been doing that, okay? But I think that how are we getting so deceived in the church where, we don't, where we're arguing over biblical things, but yet it's a Republican and Democrat issue. It's, it's they're so convoluted on some things. And it's like the whole world is like very, very confused. And here's why I think, look at this. John the Baptist, Baptist wrote this. I baptize you with water for repentance. What comes first? Y'all can say this. What came first? Repentance, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I'm not making this up. John the Baptist was the what? He was the forerunner. What was he doing? Calling everyone to repentance. Repentance, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I baptize you with water for repentance for he, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit and fire. Why those two things? Because the Holy Spirit's job is to burn up all the iniquities that are in your life. Galatians chapter five. If you don't know Galatians chapter five, then you will think I have to live with all of this all my life. But the reality is there will be a tension all of your life. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to have access into your life and will you allow him to burn all of those things away? Why is this important? Because even Jesus said, many prophesied, cast out demons in my name, but I do not know them. Why would he not know them? Because, because you're not letting me burn all the things away and you actually like the idea of me, but you're not letting me lead you and I don't know you because I can't touch you. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Great, let's keep reading. I'm glad you thought that. His winnowing fork will be in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn. What is the wheat? It produces fruit. But the chaff, he will burn in unquenchable fire. Here's what you need to know. Wheat and chaff look the same. Wheat and tares grow together and they look exactly the same. And the only time that you can know that they're different is when they start producing fruit. Here is the thing that I need you to know. We are in a post-Christian world and everybody online who says that they're a believer, I cannot judge them and I will not. You've never come here and me talk about someone else. You've never heard that, you never will. But I will say this, not everyone who says they're a Christian is a believer. Just like everyone who says they can cook cannot And you know who you are. There's no reason to amen that. We know too. Make a sandwich in Jesus' name. Okay. So here's the thing. Wheat and tares will grow together. And the only way that you know the difference is if one produces fruit. What is the fruit? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. So if you have none of those, <laughs> you in trouble. You need to start changing. You need to start having time with God. You need to come to the altar. You need to repent. It's okay, I'm not mad at you, but I would hate for you to think you're somewhere in your relationship with God, but yet you don't let him touch you. You don't let him move in your life. This says repentance leads you to the Holy Spirit. This says the Holy Spirit is better than repentance. So some of you, you live your whole life at repentance and the only conversation you've ever had with God is I'm sorry. And God's like, yo, yo, we got a lot to do. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, do y'all, y'all know, have, have you ever had an adult in, that, in your life that they're always saying I'm sorry? And you're like, we know. I think God is like, bro, bro, I ain't trying to catch you. I'm trying to free you. Like you're over here talking about this and I'm talking about this. You're focused on the issue. I'm focused on the kingdom. I'm like, (laughs) one will go into a barn and it will be gathered and one will be burned. And I need you to investigate your own heart and go, okay, God, what is in my soul? Do I need you? Do I care about you? Do I want morality? Because I I don't want my kids to have sex before marriage and I don't want cussing in the house and I don't want this and this and this, but I really don't want your presence. Or do I want you? And so the first step for somebody here is to repent, accept Jesus, so that the work of the Holy Spirit can start. You hear what I'm saying? And so if that's you today, it's cool. But that's your first step. Will you make room for God in your life? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.